Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. Actually, my thought this morning was to uh, shape the whole service around uh, the dedication, and that's what we're going to do. But the message is also going to benefit all of us because uh, all of us are the garden of the Lord. We are, we are God's garden. The Bible says uh, in Matthew that the sower sows the word. What is the word? It's the word of God. Well, first of all, Jesus was the sower. But how many of you know that he's not here at this moment? And he has dedicated you and I to be sowers. That means planters of God's word. And so uh, I want to share with you this morning about uh, the power of the blessing not only in a child's life, but also in the lives of each and every one of us. I, again, I, I mentioned that uh, I was raised, or I was sent to church. <laughs> you know, some preachers joke and they say, well, I had a drug problem. That means I was drugged to church. I was never, I never had a drug problem. I, was, I had a push problem. I was pushed to church, pushed out the door, and I'm glad for it now. Uh, my grandmother, she, uh, she would preach to me, and uh, at the end of her sermon, it was uh, one of those, uh, it was always a sermon of uh, fear and trembling. You, uh, she said, uh, she preached from the book of Revelation, and she would tell me about these 100-pound hailstones <laughs> that were going to drop on your head if you didn't get right with Jesus. And she said, do you want that to happen? And I said, no, mammy. We used to call her Mammy. And uh, so she said, Stephen, you promised me you'll be a man in the church. I promised Mammy. I didn't want any, I didn't want any hailstones falling on me. And so through the years, I've, uh, I've dedicated, rededicated myself to the Lord. Not that I backslid, not that I backslid, but how many of you know that there are levels in our walk with God to where we need to continually commit ourselves to walking with Jesus. You know, there's an old song that says, every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. If, if it's not sweeter, it's not because he's left, it's because we've ignored him. And so uh, I want to share with you this morning about God's plan for, uh, for blessing. In Genesis chapter 1, or chapter 12, I'm sorry, chapter 12 and verse 1, it's spe- God is speaking to Abraham, and he's giving Abraham a message as to how God is going to bless the whole earth. How many of you are a part of the earth? Well, if you're a part of the earth, then this message belongs to you because this is how God is going to bless you. 
This was his original plan. He says, he, uh, he speaks to Abraham and he says, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land I will show you and I will make you a great nation and I will bless you. Now, if you're a reader of the scripture and you read the New Testament, you'll see where God is repeatedly blessing his people. It's even amazing if you read the Old Testament, even when God is uh, declaring judgment upon the children of Israel because they have rejected him, they're following after idols. He's speaking the judgment, but he's also telling them how he's going to redeem them, how he's going to bless them, and how he's going to bring them back. So he goes on to say, I will bless you, I will make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. The, the subtitle of this message is Blessed to be a Blessing. How many of you want to be blessed? Well, if you want to be blessed, then you have to turn around and give it away. Well, I don't want to give it away. The more you give, the more you'll receive. The more blessing you that you uh, that you give away, the more blessing you will receive. You're either going to be a Dead Sea, or you're going to be the Sea of Galilee. What's the difference? The Dead Sea, all it is, uh, there's an inlet, but there's no outlet for the water to flow out. There's no life in the Dead Sea, but in the Sea of Galilee, there is, a, there is a water flows into it and water flows out of it and it's filled with life. How many of you want to be filled with life? Hallelujah. So he says, you, uh, you shall be a blessing and I will bless those that bless you. I will curse those that curse you and all the families of the earth shall be blessed. The, the interesting thing about this scripture is that we, we look at the Old Testament and a lot of times we see, well, God just wants to bless the Jews. He's not just blessing the Jews. He is blessing all the earth. He says, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because of you. So the ultimate blessing, uh, because of God blessing Abraham and God blessing the Jews, is the gift of Jesus Christ. The gift of Jesus Christ. The, 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 uh, Jesus came through the line of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and David. And uh, in Galatians chapter 3 and verse 29, the Bible says this, if you be Christ, you say, well, how do I know if I'm in Christ? Have you called upon the name of the Lord? If you be Christ, then you're Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. You are an heir of God and a joint heir with Christ. Now, some of us, uh, some of us, you know, our families were so poor, we didn't, we don't even know what an heir is. Yeah, we, we don't, uh, we don't expect, we don't expect to get anything from our parents when they pass because they didn't have anything. I was totally shocked when I got an inheritance, totally, because uh, there was seven of us kids. There were seven kids. <laughs> I could show you a picture of the house we lived in, and you'd think, you lived in that? 
I could show you that and you would, you would think, wow, how did he ever survive? But the reality is, is, you know, I got an inheritance. But you know what? We've got more of an inheritance. We have an inheritance through Jesus Christ. And what is that inheritance? All of heaven's riches belong to the child of God. You are an heir of God and you are a joint heir with Christ. All that Christ has, he gives to you. Thank you, Jesus. Turn to somebody and say, it looks like you're blessed. Well, the scripture again says, if you be Christ, you're Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. We also see that God said to Abraham, I'm going to bless you so that you can be a blessing. You know, Jesus was, uh, Jesus accused the Pharisees and said, um, well, he told them, you're of your father, the devil. And they said, well, no, we're, we are Abraham's children. And Jesus said, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. Well, we know from the scripture that because God said, I'm going to bless you so that you can be a blessing, that one of the works of Abraham is to be a blesser. Ask yourself the question right now, am I a blesser or am I a curser? You know, there's a difference, there's a difference between curser and cusser. If I'm a cusser, I'm using all these four-letter words. That I've been that I've repented of and gave up in 1976 when I left the Navy. But you know, some of us unconsciously curse ourselves. We curse our children. I don't think that I don't think that parents that parents uh, consciously want to curse their children. They don't want to con uh, consciously curse their children, but yet sometimes we do. Thank you, Jesus. I learned how to parent my children by not doing what I was what was demonstrated to me. That's how I learned. And then, of course, going uh, going to church and hearing messages and. And uh, seeing how people treated their children, some good, some not so good. But if you be Christ, you're Abraham's seed, and the works of Abraham is to be a blesser. Jesus said in John 8, 39, he says, and he, answered, uh, and he answered and said to him, Abraham, our father, uh, they said, Abraham is our father. And Jesus said, if you're Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. And again, we've already said the works of Abraham is to bless. All right, what uh, I want to give you several definitions of bless. To bless means to empower, to have spiritual life with God. With God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. It's to empower you to have a positive physical life. It is empowering you to have a well, uh, an emotional life that's well. 
You know that God is God is not only Lord of your spirit, He's Lord of your spirit, your soul, and your body. God doesn't want you depressed. Turn to somebody and say, smile. I think you're depressed. No, no, I, I'm supposed to bless you. I forgot about that. No, God says, I, the, David said, God's going to restore our soul. As a matter of fact, it, it's, uh, the scripture talks about rejoice in the Lord, O my soul. Mary said, my soul doth magnify the Lord. You know, that takes, that takes a word of faith. That takes a woman of faith. Why? Because she is a woman that is pregnant, with, that's not married. You know what happens to women that are not married, that are pregnant in that society? They got stoned with rocks. But she said, she comes and she says, my soul doth magnify the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. It also means to empower your children. It means to empower your finances. It means to empower your career. It means to empower your life of ministry. Do you know each one of us has a ministry? Wherever you have influence, you have ministry. You have ministry in your family. You have ministry at your job. You have, do you know what? Sometimes I find out just going in and getting a cup of coffee at Cuppies, I have a ministry. I speak words of blessing over them. How many of you have ever gone to Cuppies? How many have a Cuppies card? That means uh, every time you get a cup of coffee, you get a little stamp. And uh, when you get so many stamps, then you get a free cup of coffee. Well, I don't know if they do this because, because uh, I bless them. One time I went in there and I said, man, I just really appreciate you. And like the woman looked at me like, I really appreciate you. Because you make this wonderful coffee that everybody comes in here and you brighten up their day. And she, she was all flustered about it. Sometimes I don't just get one stamp. They put two or three on there. So, <laughs> so if you bless, you will get blessed. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. So the curse would be this. It means to disempower. It means to bring failure in all the areas of life. I didn't realize this. I used to hear, have you ever heard of Murphy's Law? Well, I actually kind of did a little bit of research on that. I thought this was something from way, 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 way back. But it's actually a scientist for NASA, somebody that worked for NASA. But what he said was, anything that can go wrong will go wrong. Anything that can go, you know, that's not the type of attitude you want to have in your walk with Jesus. But really, in a, in a reality, in all fairness to him, he was, he was hired to solve problems before they happened. 
So his mindset was looking for problems. But society has taken that and said, well, anything, is, anything that can go wrong will go wrong. We got the hee-haw mentality. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Room, despair, gloom, despair, and agony on me. I renounce that. You know, Satan's biggest temptation, uh, temptation is Satan's biggest weapon, but accusation is the close second. Temptation. Satan is the tempter, but he's also the accuser. He is the accuser of the brethren. Well, John 10.10 says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Part of the killing, stealing, and, and destroying is the accusations that he brings against us that we believe. His accusations have no power if you don't believe them. You know, even if he is using someone else to accuse you, all you have to say is, that isn't me. You're a loser. That isn't me. You're ugly. That isn't me. I was surprised at how good looking I was. I feel, I, I'm not being arrogant. I'm just saying, I was told for years I was ugly. I go back and look at some of my pictures. And I think it wasn't that bad. So we've got to say no to the accusations. Got to say no. Well, the Greek word for bless is E-U-L-O-G-O-E. And if you notice, the word logo is in there. Logo is the Greek word for word. And what it means is, is to speak well of. In the English, we get the word eulogy, that is nice things spoken about someone that is past. But for eulogy to really be a benefit, it's to speak good words over people that are living now. I never remembered the story, but my dad was um, into country and Western. And uh, apparently years ago, there was a country song that said, don't send me flowers after I'm gone. If you're going to send flowers, send them while they're here. If you're going to speak well of me, speak well of me now. Hallelujah. Where are we going with this? We're talking about our children. We're talking about our children's hearts being a garden. And what we speak into our children's lives will either bring forth good fruit or negative fruit. Thank you, Jesus. So, biblically speaking, blessing is God using a human to impart his message, his image, his identity into the heart of a person. You know, I've already told you that each one of us has a ministry. Now I'm going to give you a scripture to back that up. 
Let no corrupt community, this is in Ephesians chapter 4, I think it's 29. But let no corrupt communication proceed from out of your mouth. Corrupt communication would be anything that is corrosive that would destroy the life of another person. So let no corrupt communication proceed from out of your mouth, but that which is good to edifying, that it may minister grace to the hearer. You are a minister of good or you are a minister of evil. Oh, I wouldn't be a minister of evil. Do you know the, the, the 12 spies that went in to spy out the land? They came back with an evil report. They weren't, and what they said was, we can't take the land. We can't take the land. And God had been telling them, you're going to take the land. So is speaking anything that is contrary to what God has to say. So what would cursing be? Cursing would, uh, a curse would be Satan using a human to impart his message and image of identity, destiny to another person. So to speak evil of someone is to speak Satan's vision and image into someone's life. To speak well of somebody to speak scripturally of somebody is to speak God's image and destiny into their lives. What is, it? what is image? What is image? That's who am I. That's who I am. I like to sing the song, I am the righteousness of God in Christ, a brand new creation in him. I could not approach the presence. I sing that to myself. Why? Because I am blessing myself. I'd sing it to you, but you probably wouldn't like to hear it. <laughs> it's funny, you know. Did you hear my son this morning say, everybody sing louder? Did you just hear that? And he looked at me and said, no. <laughs> everybody sing louder. Well, that's because when I was younger, I had voice lesson. I learned how to project my voice. And sometimes I'm louder than their monitors. <laughs> so, sing louder. <laughs> Hallelujah. So anyway, I want to give you a little... Uh, my dad was a, was a person with a green thumb, and he used to grow vegetables. He had a vegetable garden. And my favorite, of course, you know, uh, corn, sweet corn was a favorite. But tomatoes was actually my favorite. And he grew wonderful tomatoes. But I found out later uh, there was a product that came on the market. It was a green powder that you mixed in water and you poured it on, poured it on the plants. I think it was called miracle Grow something like that. But anyway, his tomatoes would grow, I mean, three pounds. Yeah, they were just huge. And they tasted good. It was lovely. You could just even go out in the garden and just pick those tomatoes, wipe off the dust, and just eat them. It was great. Take a salt shaker with you. 
But imagine if he would have used Roundup on those tomatoes. What would it have done to the fruit? Well, let's take this for a moment and talking about speaking words of life into our children. It's like putting that nutrient green powder water on their spirit man. Or if we're putting round, speaking words of Roundup. My wife won't even let me buy the stuff anymore. But to but think about what our words do to our to our children's hearts. Well, in Psalm chapter one, verse two, Psalm one, verse two. Well, let me just quote the first first verse. It says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Each one of these stages here uses or words. If you're walking in the counsel of the ungodly, you're hearing their words. Or stands in the paths of sinners, you're standing there and communicating. Or sits in the seat of the scornful, you've already walked, uh, walked with them, stood with them, communicated with them, now you're sitting down and criticizing. But it goes on to say, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. You know, there was, a, there was a, a prayer that went up about, Lord, increase our faith. Well, our faith is increased by the words we hear. Right. Our unbelief is increased by the words we hear. That's why, that's why we are to guard... We are to guard our heart on what we hear. Are we hearing words of life or are we hearing words that bring destruction? Reminds me of a song, a Christian song. Sing them over again to me, wonderful words of life. Let me more of their beauty see, wonderful words of life. Words of life and duty bring me faith and duty. Beautiful words, wonderful words, wonderful words of life. It's what you hear, what you hear goes into your spirit. It either, it's either going to create faith or it's going to destroy faith. But he says, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in a season his leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. We want to talk about prospering in our walk with Jesus. Prospering, prospering in every area of life. There's also in Psalm 92 verse 12, it says the righteous flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of God. So we're talking about children, but how many of us, how, how many of us are, are flourishing today because we've heard the word of the Lord? How many of you know that... Uh, I'm thinking of David right now. <clears throat> you know, David, uh, his, 
his congregation was ready to kill him. <laughs> he uh, remember they'd gone out, won a, a wonderful battle, come back, the town's burned, his families are kidnapped, and his men are talking about killing him. His congregation wants to kill him. But David said he encouraged himself in the Lord. You know, sometimes if you're not being encouraged by others, you better know how to encourage yourself. Thank you, Lord. To a child, a parent, or a person of authority, speaking over them can either be a blessing or a curse that will affect them for years in their adulthood life. For centuries, Jewish, Jewish children received a weekly blessing on the Sabbath. One of my favorite shows was Fiddler on the Roof. And there's a, there is a, um, a moment where they're, do, uh, Sabbath, they're doing the Sabbath, and they have what's called a Sabbath prayer. And it's actually, they're singing a song over their, uh, over their children. And that was a weekly thing, speaking blessing over their children. Jesus, are you ready for this? Do you know that Jesus was accused of being illegitimate? Even, they don't come right out and say it, but there's these little, little uh, burrs. So he's accused of being illegitimate, for 30 years. But the scripture says that when he was baptized, he came up out of the water, and the father said, this is my beloved son, in whom I'm well pleased. When the Jewish, when the Jewish son did his bar mitzvah, the father would lay his hand on him and say, this is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Thank you, Lord. The Father says, this is my beloved Son. Well, just to show you the, the impact of, of the faith, of faith that the people had in the Old Testament for the blessing, there's a family by, uh, by, uh, with the names of Isaac, Esau, Jacob, and Rebekah. They all believed in the power of the blessing. And so, just to give you a, a brief synopsis, Isaac had a favorite son. His name was Esau. Rebekah had a favorite son. His name was Jacob. Jacob had already wheeled and dealed and gotten the, uh, the birthright from his brother. And Isaac has gotten old, and he wants a last meal. And he, says, he says to Esau, go out into the field and get me some venison and make the meal that I love. And like any good Jewish woman, she was standing there eavesdropping. And she heard what he said, and she said, and she said to Jacob, go get a kid, and we'll make this for your father. And of course, he protested, but he eventually yielded. 
And Isaac blessed Jacob. And, and uh, Isaac, once Isaac found out, he said, I've given him the blessing and I can't reverse it. And this is Esau's response. Esau said to his father, have you only one blessing, my father? Bless me also, my father. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. We have a generation today that is crying out to their fathers. Do you have a blessing for me? You say, well, you know, my father never blessed me and I didn't bless my kids. Well, it's never too late. You have the ability to bless your children even in their old age. Do you know that even elderly people need to be blessed? They need to be blessed. They need to be told what a blessing they were. Thank you, Jesus. Esau also said this, So Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing which his father blessed him. And Esau said, The days of mourning, uh, the days of mourning for my father are at hand. Then I will kill my brother Jacob. How many of you think Esau really saw the power of the blessing? He saw the power of the blessing. Do you know that throughout the scripture, if you, if you compare the family of Jacob and the, and the family of Esau, Jacob's family was blessed and Esau's family did not prosper. Thank you, Lord. Well, the scripture, again, we talked about this before, that parents are sowers. You know, and it, there's a scripture that says this. It says, it's not God's will to give a harvest before there is a planting of the seed. The Bible talks about, you know, for every time there's a season, there is a time for planting and there is a time for harvesting. It is not God's will to give a harvest without the planting of the seed. And believe me, if you don't plant the seed, the enemy is going to plant the seed. Thank you, Lord. Well, and um, so the heart of the child must be seeded with the word of God, watered with the spirit, protected with love, acceptance, forgiveness, and affirmation. Your child, again, needs... Hey, uh, let me just ask, ask this question. Anybody here need any love? <laughs> Children of God need love, don't they? How many of you could use some acceptance? So we're not just talking about the child. We're talking about you. How many of you could use some forgiveness? How many of you could use some acceptance? Well, this is how God accepts. In Romans chapter 5, verse 8, but God commends his love towards us in that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. God is not waiting for you to become perfect so that you can be accepted by him. God is reaching out to you. He gave the life of his son. He died on the cross for your sin. He rose again from the dead. And if you call upon him, you shall be accepted into his family. 
God himself speaks blessing over us. In Proverbs 10, 22, the blessing of the Lord makes rich and he adds no sorrow with it. John chapter 1, or, no, I'm sorry, uh, 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knows us not because it knew him. Not beloved, now we are the sons of God. I'm not waiting till I get to heaven to be called a son of God. I am a son of God now. How many of you are sons of the living God? And that means women too. Can we get under that Yankee hat? I mean, thank you, Lord. I bless you. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has done what? Who's blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Ephesians 1, 6. He hath made us accepted in the beloved. You're accepted. Let me ask you a question. Are, are you making it difficult for people to be accepted by you. Are, you. are you making it easy for people to be accepted by you, or are you putting up a wall and standards that they have to jump up, up over before you'll accept them? Because what we sow is what we reap. If you're making it difficult for people to receive your love, then it could be possible that you're not experiencing the love of God on the level that he wants you to receive. Because the wall that you put up to keep others out is the prison that's keeping you bound. In Romans chapter 8, verse 37, it says, No, in all these things we are more than conquerors. I'm calling God is calling you a conqueror. You're victorious. You're reigning with Jesus. He also says in uh, 2 Corinthians 5:21 that you have been made. Well, let me just read it. It says, For he, Jesus, who knew no sin, was made to be sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. This is what God is saying over you. I have made you righteous because you're in Christ Jesus. And what does righteous mean? You're all right with me. You're all right with me. Ephesians 1.1. 1, 1. Have you ever, well, let me just read it. Paul, the apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God to the saints, which are in Ephesus. You know, Paul never wrote a letter to the, to the sinners of Ephesus. He wrote a letter to the saints. The saints. You are a saint. Oh, not me. I'm not talking about a Catholic saint to where you have to be dead and 50 years later they have to evaluate your life and you had to have supernatural miracles. No. God says you are a saint. Why? Because you have been set apart. You are sanctified, set apart for 
God's use, and he makes you holy. Thank you, Jesus. And in last, the last scripture, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8. The ble- Let me just say this, that the blesser inherits the blessing. Finally, all of you be of one mind. Let me ask you a question. Is there one mind in your, are you all thinking the same thing in your house? Are you all in agreement? Are you all in agreement in your church? Are you all, wherever there is agreement, the power of God falls. On the day of Pentecost, they were all in one accord, in one place. Suddenly they heard a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. But he says, finally, be of one mind, having compassion one for another. Love, love as brothers, be tenderhearted, be courteous. Do not render for evil for evil or, ra- or railing for railing, but contrarywise, knowing that you are hereunto called, that you should inherit a blessing. Turn to somebody and say, you're called to inherit a blessing. Now, this is how he says you're going to do it. He says, for, uh, for he that would love life. Anybody here love life? For he that would love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking guile. Let him, per, let him eschew evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. The word peace there is wholeness, soundness, deliverance, Safety, peace. Do you know that you can speak peace to a heart and bring comfort to it? You can speak peace to a heart and open it so that they can receive the blessing of the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Well, God has called each one of us to be blessed. But the first blessing that we have to receive is the blessing of receiving Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. The Bible says this is, this is a blessing. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Do you know the next verse? For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world. Let's make this personal. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn you, but that you through him might have life. And in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, he says this. He says, God was in Christ reconciling the world, not counting their trespasses against them. If you think the barrier between you and God is your sin... That's been eradicated. What we have to do with the barrier between us and God is us opening our heart. Jesus says, I stand at the door and knock. If you will open your heart, I will come in and I will sup with you. I'll have dinner with you. I'll have fellowship with you. I'll have fellowship with you. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you right now. Lord, your word has declared that whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. 
Father, there's many times where where we've not only called upon you for salvation, but we've called upon you for help. And you've always been faithful to answer. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today and you want to open yourself up to receive the blessing of God, the salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ, I give you an opportunity to raise your hand and we'll pray with you. Thank you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We thank you for your salvation. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I bless each and every person here within the sound of my voice, and I pray that we would change our thoughts, Lord God, so that we would know that we are blessers. We are not cursers. We are here to speak life. Lord God, we are here to declare the image and destiny of people that you have for them in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.